a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're very pleased to be joined by our good friend Jason Perry, uh, who heads the uh, Hinckley Institute of Politics up at the University of Utah. Uh, Great insight on all things uh, politics and Utah business. And uh, Jason, thanks for joining us. And uh, you you, uh, joined some... Uh, an interesting group of folks over the weekend in uh, we always talk about Utah's economic success and everything that's going well here in the state. And uh, you you called out. Uh, we always talk about f- people in the fingerprint business on this show. And you called out a fingerprinter uh, who's had a, a huge impact on the economy for the state. Uh, I know you were joined by Teresa Foxley and Spence Eccles, Val Hale and Derek Miller. Uh, on that, but uh, it's time to reveal the secret sauce and uh, whose fingerprints are on the great economy here in the state of Utah. <laughs> well, boy, it's always great to be with you. And, and, and you're right. We, we did we did this call out uh, today about uh, one of our good friends, someone that's been running the economic development efforts for the board of GoEd for the past many years. His name is Mel Lavitt. You know, sometimes you talk, you, you use the fingerprint analogy, which is great. But sometimes you think, you think, who are some of these the really influential people in the state of Utah that you just don't hear about very much? He's one of those because he has been part of the building, uh, building of our economy, the business relocation, the business recruitment, the business growth of the state of Utah for a very long time. And uh, you know, we, we thought he should, should should have a call out because of his great efforts. Yeah, he is uh, one of those great ones who, uh, who really does have fingerprints on uh, how well we're doing uh, over a long period of time and often behind the scenes there. And uh, he's just been a, a great force. And of course, Utah continues to get uh, kudos uh, across the country and around the world for the economics that we have going. The economy's booming, you know, strong institutions of civil society and uh, really seems to be thriving in ways very few places around the world are. Uh, as you look forward, Jason, I know there's going to be a uh, tranche of money coming to the state of Utah uh, that will lead to some interesting debates in terms of how that should be spent. Uh, what what do you see on the horizon there? Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you talk about the politics of everything. Well, the politics of the stimulus funds is something that is just going to be amazing to watch. And, you know, I think it's a little tied to the great uh, intro you gave right there. You talk about the state of Utah and sort of the secret of it. And when it comes to the stimulus funds, when it comes to where the economy is, there, there's nothing really done completely by chance. You know, the, the idea is that you make investments in the places that are going to have some kind of return on investment for the state. You're thoughtful about the future with the resources that you have right now. And and to your question about what's going to come, I mean, the state of Utah wasn't really uh, looking to have these this enormous amount of money coming because the state's been doing pretty well 
so far, uh, but it's going to come and they're going to take it. So I, I think that you're going to see a, a lot happening between now and when the special session happens uh, in May, uh, when they start giving out some of this money. This is about $1.52 billion at least, another $135 million for capital projects. And my, my hope is that uh, the money is put in projects and things that are going to have some kind of economic benefit for the state. The kinds of things that don't get really funded so easily off the top all the time, but the things are going to put people to work right now and looking at it as an investment instead of a cost for what we really need going forward. Uh, I think that's such an important component to this. Uh, you know, Utah is in a great place. Uh, but success, as we know, is very fleeting, and uh, many cities, many states have been positioned well and then squandered opportunities by not making the right kind of investments. Uh, so I love the fact that you're calling that out. Of, let's make sure we're getting those that are going to be strategic and help us continue to, to grow and, and blossom as a state. Uh, we, we were joking out in the in the newsroom, there's a, a regular occurrence of uh, different parts of the uh, the, the musical Hamilton and uh, so, so now we know we've got this 1.5 billion coming. So, what I want to know, Jason, is who's going to be in the room where it happens, and and <laughs> who's going to have good leverage, and who who is at threat of being left behind or being left out of the room on this money? Oh boy, so much packed into that question. So, I'll, I'll tell you who, who I think is going to be in the room because uh, this is going to be a very different process than you sometimes you see, like during a legislative session. As you and I have been through it so many times, but there are like building projects, for example, infrastructure, so many good ideas. And there's a there's a process. You know, you you go through a prioritization process through various committees and your appropriations chairs evaluate those. And then they go up to the executive appropriations committee and then leadership gets involved. We're not going to have a lot of that process this time. By the time the legislature sits down for that special session, this is pretty much baked. That's what I'm seeing is going to happen, which means a huge amount of power in uh, Speaker Brad Wilson and Stuart Adams, the president of the Senate, particularly those two, uh, our, our chairs of executive appropriations, Brad Lass, Jerry Stevenson. These are the people, really, those four in combination with the governor, those are the people that are going to be in the room where it happens when it comes to really setting those priorities for the state. Of course, we'll hear some of it during the special session, but you ask the question, those are the people right now that need to, we need to start lobbying, and I'll just be honest, Boyd, we, we are lobbying <laughs> them. No one wants to be left out. That's right. No one no one wants to be left out of $1.5 billion of uh, funds you weren't expecting. You know, it, it's nice to find a, a $20 bill in your jeans pocket, but uh, this is this is a little bit more than that. Uh, but very important in terms of how that is invested, uh, because it will matter in terms of our ability to not only maintain where we are, but to continue to lead out, uh, not just as a, a crossroads to the rest, but a crossroads to the world. Yeah, you are so right. And you, I think you used the perfect word when you called it an investment. Because if you start looking at the requests that are coming in, you know, $1.5 billion seems like a lot of money, and it is. But wow, the number of requests are so much bigger than that. Uh, you know, this is like a, I've been been joking, like a little bit like like a land grab, like the old west land grab of sorts. <laughs> Everyone all of a sudden had a project that was ready to go, and you know, and some of them are, are are more of an investment than others, which is why I think you nailed it so perfectly. Look for the investment, and that's how the money should be spent. I think many people feel like.
Yeah, I think we got to be real careful about uh, all of the spending and, again, making sure it is investment. Uh, we were joking earlier that the comment is uh, that many in the Republican Party uh, are just like the progressives. They're just going the speed limit uh, when it comes to spending. <laughs> so every when the money's there, everybody is suddenly interested in spending and uh, rather than investing or, or saving for a rainy day. Uh, Jason Perry, Hinckley Institute of Politics up at the University of Utah, one of the great thinkers and political strategists in the state. Uh, Jason, thanks for joining us. Boy, it's always great to be with you. Thanks for all you do. All right. Talk to you soon. Uh, again, that's Jason Perry from the uh, Hinckley Institute of Politics. And again, who's in the room? Who's in the room when it happens uh, when it comes to $1.5 billion uh, money that, again, we weren't planning for, we weren't expecting as a state, we now have it. How will that be used? Will it be spent? Will it be kind of a giveaway? Will it be uh, to a lot of uh, well-lobbied <laughs> With lots of lobbyist uh, forms going through, uh, or will this be a real strategic move by the legislature, by the governor, uh, to really make sure that we do that wisely so that we can continue to lead and uh, use the Utah model, the secret sauce uh, of of a great free market economy and strong institutions of civil society? That's what is allowing us. Uh, to actually lead and and lead in a really unique way, uh, not just for the West, not just for the U.S., uh, but for many points around the world. All right, uh, we are going to step aside. When we come back, you don't want to miss this. Aaron Sherinian joins us to talk about the significance of one word written by President Biden last week in an official declaration and how it can change diplomatic efforts for thousands that are thousands of miles away in Armenia. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.